Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, back here, 5 o'clock hour. Battleborn Injury Broadcast Center for BBBBC. I put an injury in there. Thanks to Justin Watkins. Thanks to uh, Scott from uh, Bluebird Barbers. Adam Hill is the company. Ari's back in the Finley Toyota Studios. Another one of our local celebs is in. Has uh, been a chance to see uh, Marty, Marty Cordova, a little more often. If uh, people don't know Marty, a uh, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer, a former Rookie of the Year, American League in 1995. Uh, tenure or 11? Can I give you 11? 10. 10? Let's go 11. We'll okay. lie. Well, 11 year major league. say 12 since we're saying 11. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, Bishop Gorman guy. Uh, does not have a beard, though. But he was listening to our beard conversation. You ever try one? Uh, when I played a little bit, we went through like this uh, scruff thing. You know, like everybody on the team grew out of not a beard, but beards weren't popular when I played like they are now. Yeah. yeah there was more like just everybody didn't shave for a couple weeks as we were hot. And then once we got cold, we all shaved. That was it. It was done. Yeah. <laughs> Does somebody have to make that decision or is it just kind of a team thing? Like, oh, let's do this now. Or is somebody like, all right, guys. It, it was more of like, you know, the, the team leaders. Yeah, we're always trying to find a way to have camaraderie or whatever. I've said that wrong to, to get more close as a team, but also to get on a roll. So when guys like uh, somebody say it was Pedro Munoz had a, had a great game and he had this five o'clock shadow. So then he'd be like, okay, everybody's not shaving until we lose a game. And then it would guys get hot. And then if you have a beard and you go, seven game hitting streak then you might ride the beard out for a little while longer then of course when you don't get a hit it's the beard's fault you shave the beard and move on to something else that you could you know when i'm trying to think when did beards become like okay and then popular because his children he's younger than us he was born in whatever 75 uh, he was born in 79 um so i'm nine years older than him you're right around my age i'm, I'm trying to think like in the 80s beards were not we didn't do it I think it was more like in the early '80s, late '70s, the mustache, like the well, the mustache PI was sure. popular. That the, the porn stash was was kind <laughs> now of now the cool the mustache that. hasn't come back. I could have a great mustache. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. It's a barbershop quartet mustache, but I don't know when when the beard was it kind of grunge. Is that I don't I don't know well, when was I think it. So. It was, it was more of more of like a five o'clock shadow. The scruffy look was popular for a while, but the beard all right, do now some research on this. We're throwing for a loop. Yeah. <laughs> when did beards come back? Something I happened. I think it's been like about honestly eight, seven, eight years where people are growing these crazy beards really long and just that that kind of unnatural look, I guess, that I don't care look became popular. Burt Blylevin did it, right? Yeah, he did actually he had a good seventies beard. Yeah. But I feel like it, there were there were more trimmed beards in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. Talking like the long the one beard was the guy that was the closer for the for the Giants that really he was the beard. That oh, really uh, dark black beard, the crazy closer. It's not Brian Wilson, right? Yeah, yeah, it was Brian yeah. Wilson. Yeah, right? yeah. he kind of made it popular. And then, the, well, as we've joked before, there were plenty of guys in the 90s who had a little extra testosterone, so the beard kind of exploded <laughs> out of their face. And I mean, it's, it's kind of documented. He was one of those guys, so, you know, who uh, was kind of a middling reliever, and then all of a yeah. sudden he's throwing 98 miles an hour, and then had like a four year shelf life. So, wait, yeah. pitchers? No, just the hitters. What are you talking about? It's crazy. We've been trying to hit up Marty on the, on the, the Royd era forever. He will not snitch. He's not a Conseco, <laughs> which by the way, we do have to get Conseco on because he is one of my favorites and he is like of all the A's, you know, from the, at least the, that era, he's the best known guy. Um, but you've never been a guy who's gone down that Hey, 80% of baseball or 75% of baseball was on steroids. But we, I mean, we do all have to admit that the hitters have been given an unfair shake because I think a lot of people just saw home runs and assumed that it was only you guys doing it, you know, only the the uh, the hitting side in baseball. Pitchers did it. 
because they were you had you had to see pitchers over the years where you're like what the what just happened with this guy's velocity from year to year yeah you could say that too but also like why does everybody throw 100 miles an hour now yeah why do you think that is I, I'm, I'm almost thinking that it has to be maybe the, the ray gun is different than it was like because there was a jugs gun and a ray gun back when right. I played. And the ray gun was always like three or four miles an hour slower than the jugs gun. But now I see these guys coming out of the bullpen. I'm like 98, 97. I mean, we've, we've oh got like 102, God. 103 on yeah. some guys. But I mean, and nobody that, throws under 97. It's like anymore. a 99 mile per hour slider the other day. Yeah, it's crazy. What was and that? That, <laughs> that can't just be evolution. It's got to be the way guys are pitching or stretching or whatever. I don't know. Can't be evolution in 25 years that, that I, I miles do. per hour on an average fastball and a guy coming out of the bullpen has gone from probably what 91 to you're right. And like, you, it's hard to be in a major yeah. league bullpen if you don't hit 95 on your average fastball, at least for sure. But if you look back at any sport, like 20, 25, 30 years, it's a big difference in the size of the football players, the height of the basketball players. It really is changes a lot. 30 years is a lot. And you're, the population's growing like crazy. The money is so big in sports now that everybody wants to, to be a baseball player or a basketball or football player. So you got more people trying for the same amount of jobs. So you're going to just get better and better players. Well, it's also, and also, I mean, not that there wasn't always international players, but the international pool yeah. is so much bigger too. Yeah. I and mean, you're drawing from the entire planet yeah. instead of just, you know, a smaller part of the world. I think that uh, is big. Uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about. I do want to hit you with this because I did see a video where you were in it. You were kind of in the background. Uh, but Taylor Lewan was uh, playing some blackjack recently. <laughs> you were there. Yeah. This this video has gone very viral. Uh, what was it like coming in that moment of of you know seeing you know Dana White was teaching Taylor Lewan kind of to play blackjack? It seemed like it was very exciting in that room. It, it was, and he's a character, and he's actually a really really good guy. Yeah. It, it, was I had dinner guy. with him and sitting next to him. The guy's just a great personality, and uh, him and his boy were talking about gambling you know he he's he's made a lot of money but he was like you know i got a line of credit for, for i think it was like three hundred thousand dollars he's like but you know i, I just I, I don't i'm like you'd have thought that that was all the last three hundred thousand yeah. he had to his name but yeah. it was really cool because he he never really gambled uh dana's like i'm going to show you the ropes i'm going to teach you how to play just just the right way because not everybody sure. knows how to play the right way and then Trust it was me, i know it, i've seen them it was very, and it's. I'm not saying anything that wasn't on. In no, no, on the that's public, what I'm saying. It was so, public. That's so why I'm, I, not. I'm not blowing anybody out, and I never would do that. As you guys know, I don't. I mind my own business, and I. But when we went in there, he was just like a kid, so nervous. And then, uh, sure enough, he gets thirty thousand dollars. He gets he plays a ten thousand dollar hand, and he loses the first hand. And there, oh, you, know, you could see like you know, thought he lost his life. You know, he was like devastated. <laughs> and then the next like hand, game. the he's next hand, he, <laughs> the next hand, he he wins. Now he's up. He's up uh, ten grand. Or he's even, I mean, and then he plays uh, another hand and he wins. And everybody's like, oh, he's super excited. Everybody's all happy for him. And then sure enough, the next hand he gets like, I think it was a, a 10 or an 11 and he doubles down. Oh. And, and, he, and the dealer, I, I think, I, I mean, I might be messing this up a little bit. The dealer may have busted before he even had to turn it over. And you to really, I, I would expect this kind of passion if you won the Super Bowl. Yeah. It yeah. was crazy how excited he was. It was like, yeah, you'd have thought that it was the best moment of his life. That, that was that was kind of my question about it, though, because, yeah, he, the excitement was was real. It wasn't like he was playing for the cameras. Like, he actually was genuinely fired up. And as you mentioned, like, he's a millionaire. Yeah. $30,000 is whatever. I mean, it's still a lot of money, but it's whatever. I'm sure you've seen athletes that have a ton of money that get very excited about gambling. What, why, what is it about gambling? I think it's it's it, it's the it's our competitive nature as an athlete and wanting to win and it's not always the dollar amount it's just we don't like to lose. But uh, one of the things that was genius about David Wells, I don't think I guys I've told you guys this story, and I think more 
major league teams should do this. If I was an owner, I would do it every every game and I would do it every season is what David Wells would do. And I think he might have got this idea from J- Japan because they do this in Japan. So say he, he was I'll give an, ex- an, exa- an example. It was a eighth inning in Toronto. He had came out of the game. The score was tied to either zero zero or one to one. And he knew he wasn't pitching in the ninth inning. So the bottom of the eighth, if we scored, he could get a win. So he said, all right. B word. Uh, <laughs> he goes uh, $10,000 for the game winning run, $10,000 for the game winning RBI. Let's go. And you know, a lot of other words I can't say on the radio, but you would have thought guys making 10, 15, $20 million. It brought out this competitive fire and guys, it was like crazy. <laughs> guys couldn't wait to get to the, uh, they want to just be the one to win. And sure enough, we scored a run and won. And as soon as the guy's crossing the plate, he's like, I want my $10,000. <laughs> and they're so excited. And, and Wells is like, it's the best 20 grand he ever spent. Cause that probably made him a million dollars for every win in his next contract. Wow. But I know they do that in Japan. They give the, whoever gets the RBI winning, they get like cash in their locker. And you'd be shocked how, the idea of if I hit 300 with 30 home runs, I make 100 million doesn't motivate a guy as much as I get 10 grand and get the game winning hit and get to come in and celebrate with my friends. It's the immediacy. It's crazy. That's the same thing in blackjack, right? It's the immediacy yeah. of like, yeah, sure, I can see a check in you know, two weeks or at the end of the year. I want it right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that cash right now. Like, I think that's what you see in the gambling. But man, Taylor Lewan was yeah. fired up, man. That was cool. And a little more to that story is I know he went, like, Dana's like, don't gamble without me. Don't do it. You know, just, just stop right now. I'm giving you the best advice. Don't gamble. Just be happy with your winnings and move on. And sure enough, he, he came to an event that I think it was a fight that, that Saturday night, and he had gambled without Dana and lost. And of course, he, he didn't lose a lot. I think he lost like five or 10 grand of that 30. So he was bummed about it. I mean, more bum than you should be and uh then it's so then it's like all right we're gonna go back again tonight in, in with me and then he went back again and won exactly the other thirty thousand dollars again it, i don't think he i'm not sure if he filmed that one but i don't think he would care uh, unless he told oh, somebody I, I, only I, just won saw 30. Another, I saw another video pop up in my algorithm so he might have filmed it yeah he did and then he won 30 twice with dana and then that and i think Uh-oh, he had to leave the next day Uh-oh. 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 yeah he's hooked marty Uh-oh. cardo is here with us on there's, uh, a, there's a chance he signs with the raiders i don't know if he told you anything about that while he was here, um, that would be dangerous. He's all, he's all I'll get it yeah. out of the system now. <laughs> well, he'll he'll just work for the casinos because every dollar he makes will go to to the it's blackjack tables. So the casinos will be happy. He signs. Do you ever go watch these these uh, at times high stakes trips to the blackjack table and get a little freaked out? Like, no, I don't think no, you're, you're not I've, much of a gambler, right? I don't gamble because I'm just not good at it, right. to be honest, and uh, and I don't like to lose. It just it frustrates me that I'm like. I just whether it's a hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, it really doesn't matter. You get us Dana. He's like, I'm I'm not cheap. I just don't like to lose, and I don't like to give away money. Why like does he that. call you cheap? Oh, always. Yeah, you know. Yes, <laughs> always. <laughs> he's the most generous person in the world, so everybody's cheap to right, him. Right. Yeah. I uh, when I watch people because I'm not a I'm not a big gambler. When I watch people play and they start losing, I walk away. It, it like, is. I it either is think tough. I'm like I'm bad luck, yeah. or I I don't want to watch this because well. Some people who have a lot of money, they don't care when they or they take it more easily when they lose. There's other people I know it's like crushing them. Yeah. I'm like, I can't be around yeah. this. And, and Dana, not to give it away because he's, he's talked about it, but he does. He's, he's not like a long session player anymore. I think he was at one point. He is. You win your money and you get out. Yeah, like that's he does. What he, that's he what hit, he seems he'll to hit and run. Yeah. He'll hit and run. Which I think is the right thing to do. It's not about, you know, sitting there and grinding for, you know, eight hours and coming away with a little bit. It's it's get your money and go like it's it's a mission to win. 
not about the experience of gambling. No, no, not unless you just want to lose all your money because the casinos, that's why they give p- players comps and things. It's not by the amount you spend necessarily as much as how many hours you gamble because they know in the long run just they're going to win. Back. The, if you sit there for five hours, right. you're going to lose. But it seems like when I did every gamble every now and then everybody did growing up here, there's always a point when you're up. It seems like yeah. always you're up. Say if you're playing a hundred bucks, you'll be up $30. You sit there for another 45 minutes, your 130 is gone. But if you walk with that 30, but then yeah. in the back of your mind, you're always like, I can turn this 130 yeah. into 2000. I know I can. Yes. <laughs> if I won 30, if I play longer, yeah. I'm win 300. I'm in good shape. And another genius thing the casinos do is they bring you drinks. And then the second genius thing they do is when you cash in a hundred, you get 50 in red and two green. Because when you start losing the red and you're down to green, you don't, and you've had a few drinks, you're like, it's just another chip. No, it's not. It's uh-huh. five reds. But you're like, I'll oh, just put a green one out there. And the next thing you know, you're now a $25 hand gambler instead of a $5 hand gambler. Marty Cordova's with us. So he's got friends all over town. Uh, we know you're friends with Dana White. You're friends with the Fertitas. And I just was reading about your United Way golf tournament, which you're working with on May 11th at Revere. And you guys have a title sponsor. I think the guys have jumped in, right? Yeah, the the UFC and stations have have co-sponsored this event, and they've been very generous. And I, I can't say enough how generous uh, Lorenzo and Dana are. They they give a lot that people see on the on the outside, but they also do so much more behind the scenes that they never uh, want or get credit for. Which is to me, that's the true nature of giving is not you know getting a pat on the back. It's when nobody knows when you hand somebody some money and you don't even they don't even know who you are, but you're you're doing it because you want to help somebody. You wsn65.org is where you can sign up for the tournament. Shotgun start eight o'clock May eleventh. Revere. Awesome golf course. I know you've been trying to wrangle up some celebrities, so let's take a, uh, a timeout. We'll talk about some of the sports figures you're hoping to get out there, also how people can contribute, more about the tournament, and then we want to get Marty's take on the NFL draft. Marty was a really good high school football player. What could have been, right? It worked out pretty well. He played 10 years, we'll call it 11, in the major leagues and won the 1995 Rookie of the Year in the American League. Field and Company is live at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers at 702-766-1400. Five o'clock hour. We got NBA action going down right now. Knicks up 3-1 in the series. Third quarter just started. New York over Cleveland on the road. 64-53. Lakers out to a kind of a rough start. Down 10. Seven and a half minute mark in the second quarter. 45-35. Memphis is on top. Golden State Sacramento coming up. I want to get into that in a couple minutes. Marty Cordova's here, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer, working with United Way and their big charity golf tournament on May 11th. I want to remind you about uh, 25 minutes from now, we're going to go to Kansas City and check in with Q Myers, who's on the ground from Raider Nation Radio 920. He's giving you all the uh, sights and sounds of the draft, brought to you by Paul Padalaw and Subaru of Las Vegas. So I don't know how much you're paying attention to the basketball playoffs, but Adam is very into Golden State. He's a long time. My dopes. He's not. He's really not. But what are you talking about? You, I, ju- you jumped on them when they were rock bottom. When we were the worst team in the league in we 2019. Were, we we, we the, were the worst. The worst record in the entire league. Yeah. And I just saw something scrappy. I said, you know what? This team's going to bounce back very quickly. And so I got on board. I was living up in the Bay Area kind of part-time that year mm-hmm. covering the Raiders. And so mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to be a part of this. And we rose right. very quickly. No, uh, it didn't. It wasn't a factor that Steph and, and Clay were coming back. Yeah, there was no sure certainty. No, there was no certainty. They were out. We didn't know about right. their future. We didn't know those guys. We that were there right. at the bottom didn't right. know that those guys were coming back. Right. And there's, by the way, there's almost, very fortunate. There's almost no one left from that team in this current unit. Well, we we turned over the roster very quickly. That was the bridge. Sure. 
That was the bridge. You have to go through the bad times to get to the good times. Yes, there's been a lot of bad times for Golden State. Yeah, 2019. Uh, what's going on with Harrison Barnes and uh, Draymond Green? Uh, Draymond revealed that Harrison Barnes did not invite him to his wedding, nice. uh, although he did invite Steph and Clay. Now, according to Draymond, now the wedding was like four years ago. It's not like it just happened right now. Right. But Harrison Barnes, of course, was part of the Warriors before I was a big fan, 2016 era. Uh, he, was a, he was a part of that team. And they decided to move on from Harrison Barnes and bring in some guy, Kevin Durant, who I you know don't know much about. Uh, but in 2000, they brought some him guy, in. Kevin Durant. They brought him in, and they booted uh, Harrison Barnes to the curb. Apparently, Harrison Barnes blames Draymond for Kevin Durant coming in. And he just said, no, that's on you. And what Draymond said was, look, we were all in the meeting. Like me, Steph, Clay, we were all in the meeting to bring KD here. I don't know why it's my fault. Now, it was reported at the time, if you remember, that Draymond sat in a car with Kevin Durant and cried and said, please come here. And Harrison Barnes apparently took that very personally. Wait, say that again? <laughs> that uh, Draymond, or excuse me, that, yeah, Draymond sat in a car with KD and cried and said, please come here. And Harrison Barnes took that as like, well, you want him so bad you're crying over him? Like, that's on you. That really so, happened? Apparently, yeah. That's I don't why, remember that. That's why, that's why Harrison Barnes apparently hates Draymond for that. And he somehow still loves Clay and Steph, even though they were equally part of recruiting KD. Can you remember? I always like to try to get Marty to spill the beans. It's been a long time since you played. Come on, give us the stories. Um, can you remember? I don't want to get into something like, like a personal relationship of yours that went south. But can you remember being on a baseball team where you had two teammates and like they just didn't like each other and it, and it got uncomfortable? Like, does that happen between pitchers and hitters? I mean, is it is it could it be on one side of the ledger? I, I I'm just I don't want to think too hard on it right now, but absolutely, there's a lot of personalities, and you got a lot of guys that are big personalities. I mean, Jeter and and A Rod were a very classic example of that. They can pretend like they didn't uh, dislike each other, but there was jealousy more on the side. I think of A Rod. Not to, I'm not being a jerk. I just think right. that he always wanted to be beloved, like Jeter was, and then there becomes a little bit of. Uh, a, underlying you know animosity but there's been guys on teams that have been such a two guys can't get along that they have to get rid of a guy that that that's pretty common i think that there's in you, you got to remember there's 25 guys 25 different personalities you're around each other all the time there's a lot of fights that go on in the locker room a lot of arguments fights about of, baseball or sometimes maybe away from the field it's personality Okay. It's not, it's not, most of the time it's not baseball. It's like just, you have a lot of type A personalities. It could be over a card game. It could be over anything. And it really just, where you just don't like the guy. There was a couple of teammates and I don't want to say who that I just didn't. And I'm, I like everybody. I'm being honest. I like most everybody. And this dude just rubbed me the wrong way. Come on, tell us who it is. <laughs> Initials, <laughs> what it, team? It, it was, on. it was innocent. They don't he even was, live here. He was a nice guy, but he just, he would say stuff to me and I'm like, did you better not say that again? Oh, really? <laughs> to that point? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, like shop busting or didn't know he what he was saying? He just make dumb comments yeah. in, about like, for example, and this is sounding ridiculous, is I, I'm a creature of habit. And when we would be on like, these long flights, I just really liked the movie Good Will Hunting for some reason. I watched it a few times. <laughs> By the way, one of, one of my top <laughs> three movies. It. And I watched it a few times. I watched it a few times. And this guy says, Dude, what's wrong with you? Keep watching Goodwill Hunting all the time. There's something wrong. And like, and he just something made a wrong. yeah, made a comment like that. And he'd made a bunch of dumb comments like that. And I was finally like, "Look, you say that again, and there's oh, really? something wrong with you." And and he was just he had oh, a lot of a things. Great, that's a great line back. He was Marty. an easy target, that. and I could have said a lot of things to him because yeah. he was a, the biggest 
Come on, it was David Ortiz before he, before he blew up. <laughs> no, no, no. David no, no. Ortiz, a dump truck. Nah, he was a pitcher, though. And pitchers and hitters can be, you know, yeah. d- at each other a little bit. But yeah. well, just, just, you know, on in radio, like on our station, our station group, on the show, I mean, it's everyone gets along. Yeah, it's, right. Yeah, it's, all it's all cohesive. Harmonious. There's no, yeah. when you say type, when, when you said type A personality, I'm like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> that happens. It is. Do you know, how about this one? Because I can probably list at least 10 people in radio. Uh, do you know any players who didn't like you? And then you're always kind of like, ah, I, don't, I don't get this. Uh, the only time I ever knew that someone didn't like me was because it can be competitive. And I was always of the belief, like, I didn't want you to be worse. I wanted to be better than you. Right. So I wouldn't go up and hope that or if somebody was batting. I wouldn't hope they'd strike out so that, that I could look oh, better. No. And there was a few guys that I played with that I know They're were rooting against, rooting against me big yeah. time. I heard it from other players and I, and I, and I knew that they were hoping that I would play poorly so that this guy's hitting 233 he would hope that somebody would hit 232 instead of well the, your com- competitors hitting 299 hit 300 and so i always wanted to, my competition to be the best they can be and maybe better because then now you're hoping that your team sucks I, right. I want a bunch of below average players on the team and i'll be even worse you know a little better than below average and then i'll be able to play believe me you'll always find somebody else to, that will replace you if you have that attitude I just need to know who all these people are. By the way, Goodwill Hunting is a fantastic movie. There's no yeah. problem watching that over and over again. I feel like I watched it very recently, and it's still it's still good. Yeah, I feel the same way. <laughs> United Way Golf Tournament's coming up on May 11th. Shotgun start at Revere. Uh, UWSN65.org is where you can get in. Stations Casinos is backing it. UFC is backing it. You've got a lot of baseball friends. We were just talking about you know, not liking each other, but you got a lot of baseball friends. So now you're trying to wrangle up some of the baseball players. And some of them live in town, right? Yeah, a few do, and and I also want to thank Brent Bone. He's he's a, a good friend, and he owns a bunch of McDonald's here, and there and there he he put in quite a bit of money to help out as well. So yeah, thank you, Brent. I I don't want to dismiss his his generosity. All right, so some of the baseball players. Okay, so uh, first of all, it's on a Thursday at eight a.m., and um, a lot of people live. You know, my friends live don't live in Vegas, and so I asked as many people as I felt comfortable with, and a lot of guys were like, oh, "I would work, or I can't, or I have family, or this or that." So. Uh, the people that were able to come so far, and again, I hope Shane Victorino hears this or somebody that knows him, is I left a message for him and he didn't return my message. So Shane, uh, <laughs> don't blow me off. Don't ghost me. I'll find you. <laughs> oh boy. I don't and know it, why people don't like me. <laughs> come on, Shane. So uh, Scott Erickson has moved to Vegas now. He's going to join uh, Jock Jones, who I do his golf tournament every year. He's going to come out from San Diego. Eddie Gordado, who lives in uh, Irvine, Newport area, he's coming out, and David Risky lives here as well. There's a few other ball players that live here, but they just have other commitments, and I, I get that. Like Latroy Hawkins, the great friend, but he's uh, working with, uh, I think it's with the Twins, doing some work, and then he's coming in town for Scott Erickson's tournament, the 13th, but he doesn't get here till the 11th, so he couldn't join. So there's a lot of guys like that that just didn't fit their schedules. Was uh, was Erickson married the whole time you played with him? Married? Yeah, exactly. No, he was the opposite of that. Okay. <laughs> He, he was married at one point to one Lisa, of our favorites, Lisa Guerrero. Lisa Guerrero. Yeah. We love yeah. Lisa. Yeah, no, Scotty was like me. I was married to baseball. That was what I I, I wanted to I wanted to be the first one there, the last one to leave, and I okay. didn't want distractions of a wife right. or even a girlfriend for that matter. I was very much known to be single always. I was right. always single. Scotty was always single, and it, was, it was, was just, Scott always married to baseball. 
like you were just saying, or was there uh, dedication to some other stuff? No, no, I think he's always a very good looking guy. I'm not, you know, no, I'm saying we know we, in, in baseball, man, you got opportunities. I'm not saying we didn't date girls. Of course yeah. we did. And we all like women. But there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying is I would rather not have to be committed to anything but baseball. And then if I want to date, I'll date whoever I want. And I didn't feel any, any bad at all about that. And I was always open and honest. And Scotty was that way too. I'd rather be open and honest, do what I want to do and be there for the game and not have to worry about showing up late or going home or having to have to worry about my wife who's going through their own problems, their own issues. And it's, it's hard enough to take care of ourselves. Right. You're, you're failing seven out of 10 times and you're a great player. So you're dealing with a lot of adversity. Just turn it off and go home and have a nice conversation. Not that easy. Easier said than done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know Jeter kind of set the standard for everyone. So yeah, he played baseball. He did what he needed to do from a legal standpoint. And then once baseball was over, okay. Now we can do it. You couldn't draw it up any better than what you right. Did. He's he's the he's the, <laughs> the model guy, and I'm sure there's women listening right now. Like, Ugh! yeah, right. Hey, you know what? It's for everybody's their own thing. I don't. Jeter did what he did, and I I just think he had a really great career and a great time doing it. But that's not for everybody. You were drafted at what age? I was drafted out of high school at 17 by okay. the Padres. I didn't sign, and then I played one year at Unilever. Didn't work out. Went to Orange Coast College and was drafted at 19. So at 19. Could you kind of process like the, Hey, there's money coming. Cause what, what I, what I wanted to tie this to, and, and you're a certain level guy when you're drafted, I wonder what, since we were just on the subject of relationships, I wonder what the players who are going to be drafted tomorrow have thought about like who they're with now or what their relationship is now and how much everything freaking changes when you become an instant millionaire. Well, first of all, I was the farthest thing from I, an instant that's millionaire. What I said. But I, that's what I, I said. But you were still getting money. Yeah, I got $850 a month was what I was okay, getting. Well, so that's okay, not so a lot of money. So It, it was less but than- But you know people who were in this position. Panhandlers made more than I made. <laughs> Seriously. Right. It, I lived with four dudes in an apartment and we had a car with no front windshield. That's right. what I, that was my life as a rookie. So again, that, I'm not complaining. I'm happy that I, had, that I had what I had. But yeah, to your point, what I saw- when, and it was across the board is a lot of baseball players like to have that that comfort because you do fail a lot of a girlfriend or a wife so almost every one of them came into the minor leagues with a girlfriend or with a wife and nobody was single and they all had that relationship that kind of gave them that comfort and security to make them feel better when they have a bad game or that so to me i don't think the guys really process it like that i i probably would have and i i did was i didn't want to have those distractions but i don't think a guy could say like yeah i got this girlfriend that i really love now i'm going to get some money and i'm going to boot her right now i just don't think that that's kind of how they think you know they think I'm just going to do this. And the next thing you know, two years later, they're dating. And it's like, maybe they're not happy that they're in that relationship, but it just seems that guys uh, in baseball, almost every one of them had a girlfriend or was married in the minor leagues. What do you think, Adam, about the draft? About how much money is on the way for these guys? I'm in the classic situation. There'd be a lot on of the opposite tonight, I think. On, on, the, <laughs> you know, on the opposite end of Jeter is Patrick Mahomes, who's been with this Brittany forever. And I don't know. Well, I I'm not one, saying there's a right thing to do. I think one thing you're not, you're not thinking about is, is, they don't just like wake up and they weren't a baseball player. All of a sudden you're a baseball player, you're drafted, you're going to get millions. They know for a long time who they are and what they're going to be and the mm -hmm. money they're going to make. So it's not like this has creeped up on them. So they've gotten that relationship. Yeah, they, I guess you've had star, it. you've had star power. If yeah. you're Bryce young or, you know, one of these first round picks, there's very few of them that were like two star guys. Yeah. No, I have seen guys get drafted or get to the major leagues, make a lot of money and things change. Absolutely. Where they've decided that maybe they want, upgrade if you per se i don't want women to flip out but that's maybe the way they look at it but uh 
you, things change, you know, but you get money, you get fame, uh, girls start coming around more than normal. You, you're, we're human, change. you know, whatever Your opportunities the, change. Yeah. This is going to sound, this is going to sound really callous, but for those guys, I, I would tell most of them, there's a very little chance that say when you're 40, you're going to be with the same woman that you were with when you were 18, 19, 20, 22. And that's with money or without. It's rare. It's because relationships are hard. People change. We, we grow as people all the time and everybody's people change. Yeah. And, and then sometimes it's for the better. I, I've seen a lot of people that break up and they're completely friends and they just realize that they're not the same people they were 20 years earlier. And they, you know, I hear a lot of people say after 20 years, you should get a redo. You get, you, you get unmarried and then well, you can you, move you, on. You can just don't get married. Well, no, you know, the I mean, redo, like get, the redo it's part of the marriage of, yeah. certificate. It says <laughs> in 20 years we do, we <laughs> right. start over. Oh, okay. That part, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we get out scot free. Yeah, no, uh, no, no divorce settlement. Yeah, uh, Marty Cardo is here. Adam Hill is here. Um, we got a lot to get to with the golf tournament. Want to get into a little uh, more of the NFL draft. So Marty's going to stick with us. Uh, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer. Again, the golf tournament to get in this thing. A uh, really cool event for the United Way. Station Casinos behind it. UFC is behind it as well. If you guys want information on it, how to sign up, how to get in. May 11th, a Thursday. It's a shotgun start, 8 a.m. It's uwsn65.org. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to lvsportsnetwork.com and go to podcasts to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield and Company, Steve Cofield, ESPN Las Vegas, Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Famer, Marty Cordova is with us talking about the united way golf tournament coming up on may 11th at revere boy half the day is already done in baseball i want to talk about the a's because i think the last time you were in yeah but it just happened last week we we had discussed the a's a little bit but we didn't know about the uh the land deal and all that nhl right now one game uh being played florida boston 1-1 middle of the second bruins 3-1 in that series seattle colorado coming up in a little bit 2-2 series that one is uh a 6.30 puck drop. All right, so what do you think of baseball? I mean, I think we're probably – what do you think, Adam, after talking to our uh, lobbyist and former government representative last hour? Where do you think we are with the A's to Vegas? 94%. All right, so – I'm excited about it, actually. And it's funny you say that. I was talking to Lorenzo just a couple of days ago about something else. And then uh, we're talking about the A's. And I said, you know what? I'm now – I really would love to get involved back in, in baseball to some degree, you know, whether it's like a lot of my friends are special assistants, the GMs or whatever this. And I'm like, I grew up in this community, born here, have a lot of friends like Lorenzo, a lot of Dana, a lot of people that are in corporate world, uh, politicians, everything. And I said, I think there would be maybe a fit there to do something with them. So I'm kind of putting this out there as anybody with Oakland A's that wants to get a hold of me, I'd love to do something <laughs> with it. Just because I still, I miss the game in in a sense, and I have a lot of free time on my hands now. I would love to just be able to go to the games, be involved in some way, help help the team in any way possible. But yeah, I kind of miss being around baseball. I wonder. Community ambassador? Something. No, he wants to be on the baseball side. Yeah, baseball side for yeah. sure. But but anytime, in relation, human marketing, whatever, just to be there, to be a part of it. I, I would like to be on the operational side a little bit. But, you know, again, I haven't coached or done anything and I've been away from the game for so long. So it's hard to really get on the operational side of it. Be great if uh, you got a call right after the show. Shane Victorino's like, oh, you're calling me out, huh? <laughs> just so you know, I actually have a really good in. I think I'm going to be working for the A's. So. Yeah. I'm there you go. It. You're like, oops, sorry. I'm blocking you. I think the issue that you have is that you probably would be too good. 
and they don't want that. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. <laughs> they're, about that. they're they're the opposite. They want to go in the other direction. Uh, I mean, should there be any reason for optimism that the A's will try? I think it's like anything. It, they don't want to be bad. It's but they're rebuilding, and sometimes when you rebuild, you know you're going to go through these growing pains. But what they've done in the past is they've kind of always been, it seems like, in rebuilding mode. But they've been able to string 38 out of 40 wins somehow. It just seems like this year has been a really bad start for them and there's not a very bright future but that can be turned around quickly as you guys know and i don't think that it's not like they don't have money and if they come to vegas they wouldn't be able to spend so i do think in the future that they have every opportunity to suffer for a few more years and then make it right i feel like they have money now they do they but i think there's like they don't i think they do like everybody does in baseball and all these owners do have money but they don't want to just waste it they, they made it being smart and diligent and su and suffering sometimes through these storms of criticism from being made fun of in the laughing stock but not everybody can be the devil rays not everybody can have that low market and have geniuses behind it and make all the right calls get all the free agents all the thing uh, minor league free agents whoever it may be bargain players that come out and start hitting homers and pitching unbelievably it's just it doesn't always work. But are you already working for the A's? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? I scared him a little bit. I was like, you know, you don't know who's listening right now and who's connected. Yeah. Start talking him up a little bit. Shane said he hates the A's, by the way. The other day, I heard him say that. <laughs> <laughs> that was smart. Get that out there. Yeah. Hates them. I guess I'm, I'm in the middle on this one on whether they're going to compete. I'll be glass half full. I think that, that, that they will try when they get here. That maybe they'll there'll be some pressure. I would hope. I would hope, you know, it's explained to them, but especially Fisher, like Vegas. And I've been trying to say this on the air for, you know, a, a couple of years now. This is a really unique place when it comes to sports. This, yeah. think about it. And the reaction is is mostly, uh, it's been a lot of negative on social media. And that's what you get on social media. Yeah. But of all the places that have gotten a sort of expansion team or a team moving to the market, I don't know that I can remember the market that was getting the team being like, like we are. We're like, okay. Like, if we do this, you better win. Like, it's not just this arms open, like, oh, my God, we're going to get baseball. A lot of people here. Vegas is really unique. First of all, we got all these transplants. So they already have baseball teams, you know, so they're going to be harsh on you to begin with. Like, I hope the A's understand this is a unique market. You don't you don't win and you're not the hot commodity. You literally took the words out of my mouth. I was just going to say that because I tell this to people all the time that talk about a team here. I said a team will do as good here as the team does well on the field. If the UNLV basketball is a very good example of that. If they were good last year and they went to the NCAA tournament, they would have sold out every game. It's just there's so many options. There's so many things to do here that people are not going to support a loser. That's just the way this town has always been. So I would say the Oakland A's had, I'm sure they very much understand this. They would, if they don't, they will learn. Yeah. Cause even if you notice when the golden Knights kind of fell off a little bit to years, just a little bit, they yeah. were still in contention for the playoff. Everybody wasn't busting out their gold glitter jackets. These, they lost. What do you think happens if the Knights say it's five years from now, they don't make the playoff three years in a row. Oof. They'll be half full stadium Oof. at the best. It'll be ugly. It, it's just the way this town is. Cause there's a lot of options. I, that's I, a good thing though, isn't it? I mean, I guess yeah. you can get on the fans, but that, that's actually the way all sports should be, like support the team. But if it becomes clear that either through incompetence or just outright doing it on purpose where you're not trying to compete, it, I mean, it's like any other product. I mean, if, yeah. you, you, if you had purchased a certain clothing item for years and all of a sudden the, the quality is shoddy, 
people are gonna be like, well, don't wear it I'm not wearing this anymore. It sucks. I had said this to a friend, yeah, maybe it was yesterday about this, and they they were like, Well, the visiting teams, you know, blah blah. And I said, and they go, What about the Raiders? The Raiders, it was Latroy. He said the Raiders haven't really done anything, but they're still gonna draw. And I said, That's because it's NFL. Mm-hmm. There's only eight or nine home games, and not, NFL is a, just a different machine. Yeah. There's eighty one home games, and nobody wants to sit through eighty one slaughters of a baseball team in the hot weather. Yeah. You know, it's different being a football you know, fan as a as a the Browns when they're terrible they still sold out every bad football team the Raiders weren't always great but they had the most loyal fans and they sold out every game so you can't really compare football to baseball Marty one more time uh, mention what's going on with the golf on May 11th yeah so uh the United Way has a golf tournament every year and they asked me if I'd be interested in in hosting it and I'm like sure you know I've been to a bunch of golf tournaments that my friends have hosted or other organizations have hosted and I said sure let start this year see how it goes so yeah we've we've got some sponsors behind it UFC Station Casinos uh, Brent Bone with uh, McDonald's has been a, a big sponsor for this and it got some players coming out but what we really would like and I would like to ask any local people that just want to come out and join and play it, you know, it's it's three hundred dollars each person for the round. I know it's a little expensive, but it goes to a good cause, and you get to meet some ball players, have a good time, support the community. United Way does a lot of things for a lot of different charities and support a lot of people here in Southern Nevada. Join Cofield and Company live every Thursday at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Weekly giveaways and awesome game day food and drink specials. Thursdays, 3 to 6 p.m. at the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. 766-1400 is the number for Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Give uh, Matt or Justin a call or any of the fine folks here at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 766, give him a call, 766-1400. That's from anywhere in the state of Nevada. Offices here in Henderson and Las Vegas. Going out to Kansas City, Q Myers on the road with um, Raider Nation Radio 920. It's brought to you by our friends at Subaru of Las Vegas. All right, Q, you all set in. Uh, what's it been like the uh, last day or so? Yeah, it's uh, I'm settled in now. <laughs> I'll say that. Had some uh, technical difficulties. Wasn't able to get on the radio yesterday, but uh, all is good now. I'm um, set up. I'm in my Airbnb. I'll be at the site of the draft tomorrow, so I'm excited about that, leading right up into the draft. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. I was out at the Play 60 event earlier today. Got to meet and greet with a lot of the players that will be in the green room. Also got to talk to the guys from NFL Network like Daniel Jeremiah, Charles Davis, uh, also Joel Klatt, just talking all things draft. And you can feel a buzz here in Kansas City, man. It's it's getting real. I'm right now. I'm staying in the, um, the library district, which is right down the street from the Power and Light district. I can walk down there. It's a stone's throw from from where I'm at right now. So I'll go down there and take in a few of the sites. And it's funny. I, I met with the NFL Network guys earlier today. We we met at a real fancy uh, and famous barbecue spot here. But I didn't have enough time to eat because I had all this hustling to do to get make sure I was on the air today. And uh, so now I still smell like that barbecue, but I didn't get to eat any of it. So. There you go. There's that. Uh, that's rough. Well, make sure you get some tomorrow for sure uh, before the draft starts. And when it does kick off, I was kind of going through earlier, what are the top storylines? But to you, what is the biggest storyline? To me, it is that Houston controls every card in the deck for this draft, which is wild to me. What they do at two really dictates the narrative for the entire round. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. And, you know, it's funny that you say that. Everybody that I've talked to, from Charles Davis to Daniel Jeremiah to Joel Klatt, they all feel the same. Like, what happens at two? If what they're saying is true, that they're not going to take a quarterback, or maybe they they, uh, take Will Levis, then all of a sudden – all these teams have questions of what are they going to do. Does C.J. Stroud really drop like people are, are projecting him to drop? You know, does his S2 score really matter that much? You know, I was standing right next to him today when he said, I'm a football player, I'm not a test taker, right? I mean, he said that, you know, and it was just, he's like, hey, it came out for a reason. 
uh, someone wants me to drop, uh, whatever the case may be, whatever team gets me, I'm going to be good to go. So uh, it's, it's interesting. I'll say this. As I talked to CJ for – I asked him probably about five or six questions uh, myself. He sounded very comfortable with being a Raider. I'll just throw that out there. You know, he, he sounded very comfortable with – to the point where he almost – ended his answers with a cleanup to make it sound like he hasn't been told that he's a Raider, right? I mean, it's just, you know, he was talking about being with Max Crosby at the fight, and Max was telling him where he could live around uh, Las Vegas and Henderson, where he could stay out of trouble and not have to worry about, you know, the city life of Las Vegas, but still enjoy the life. He said Josh McDaniels said he'll be with them every step of the way. Oh, if he's my head coach, and oh, if <laughs> I am a Raider. Like, that's how he ended his answers, and so I, I, I just – that my ears perked up when I heard that, that he sounded very interested. He said his family, he has a lot of family members that are Raider fans. They live obviously in, uh, near the area. So he'd love to, to be a Raider and they want him to be a Raider. So I, I found that to be interesting from CJ earlier. Uh, if CJ Stroud is gone, which, mm-hmm. you know, if they take him, they might have to trade up to do so. Uh, what are your thoughts? I've been uh, of the, and I quoted draft day earlier, Devin Weatherspoon, no matter what camp mm-hmm. for a while, uh, where do you stand? If they're, if it's not CJ Stroud, where do they go? I love that when you mocked – I think you mocked that a long time ago, and I want to say that we talked to you immediately after that, and people were giving you a bad time for getting a corner at seven. But I, I think Witherspoon is fantastic. I think he'd be a great Raider uh, because he's he's kind of that guy that Patrick Graham is looking for, a guy who could be really physical at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's got the, the ball the ball capability. He can go make a play on the ball. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a good player. I like him. I like Christian Gonzalez. I think that, you know, their corner one, one A, whatever, one A, one B, whatever you want to call it. Um, I like Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. I think that he's going to be even better than, than he is now. I think he's going to continue to grow. Uh, I think he's really starting to scratch the surface. So that, that would be an interesting uh, play for me. And I'll say my, the, the one from kind of right field, the one that I, I question myself about but I find myself really liking a lot is Anthony Richardson. I really do. The quarterback out of Florida, man, I just – maybe I'm a, I fall for the banana in the tailpipe. And, Adam, you right, so maybe you've done this to people. But <laughs> when, I, uh, when I read his uh, Players' Tribune and, and just kind of all about him and learned about his work ethic and what football does for him and why it drives him and the person he wants to be, and he admitted that he wasn't very good at certain things that he needed to work on that he was willing to do, it just – it kind of made me think that that guy is going to be the hardest working dude in the room. And, and, and that guy we just saw lead his team to the Super Bowl in Jalen Hurts, right? He was the same guy, except for he had a lot more experience in college than Anthony Richardson. So, I, like, like I said, there's a part of me that questions that, but I, I think that I think he could be a good quarterback. Q Myers is with us here on Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. He's in Kansas City covering the NFL draft. His trip is brought to you by Paul Law. So the other, you know, there's a lot of good angles in this first round, but one of them is uh, tight end, and we've got a local in Dalton Kincaid. We've also got another local in Darnell, Washington, but Kincaid from Faith Lutheran, what do you think? Is he the first guy that goes, or is, you know, Michael Mayer, who got a little more acclaim in college, is he going to go before him? I just see, I just saw both of them mocked in the top 21. Yeah, I, and, and that's the thing, man. This tight end class is, is a deep class. Everyone's saying it's the biggest and deepest tight end class they've seen ever, and I'm sure that you know in a couple of years from now they'll probably say the same thing again. But, man, Kincaid is fantastic, right? And, and Mayer is fantastic. I, I think that Kincaid, though, will be the first guy off, and the only reason I say that is the mock draft that we did on Radio Nation Radio 920, we did it as a show on Unnecessary Roughness, and I believe Kincaid was the first one off the board as well. So I'm just going to kind of rock with that one. But his his name is up there. Darnell Washington is, a, is one of those that's interesting me I don't know if he's gonna sneak his way into the first round because he's so big and massive and people are just enamored by that uh, I think he's a glorified offensive lineman that could play tight end but he's just so big uh, he probably should be a second or even the third round guy that'll probably end up you know getting 
getting drafted earlier than he should, but uh, I think he could be a good player as well. Q, we talked so much about the first round. And by the way, a huge run on uh, Michael Mayer, actually, to the first, be the first tight end off the board on the betting board, which is very weird to Ooh. me. Uh, 30 seconds Will left, Levis. though. What about Will Levis? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, 12 players are going to be selected by the Raiders, at least. That's what, what they have right now. Uh, what percentage, how many of those do you want to be on the defensive side? Uh, the majority. I would say if, <laughs> if they actually select 12 players, which I don't think that they will, but if they do, uh, I would say at least seven need to be on the defensive side of things. Defensive line, cornerback, linebacker, safety, you name it. They need to address it all. And you know Dave Ziegler likes to double down, so uh, I wouldn't be mad if he did most of his picks on the defensive side of things. Q, we appreciate it. We'll check in with you again tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. Appreciate y'all. There he is. Q Myers, Radio Nation Radio 920, right here with Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. This trip presented by Subaru of Las Vegas, as he'll be in Kansas City for the next couple of days. Thanks to Marty Cordova, who uh, hung with us today. You can go uh, into uh, or look into the United Way Golf Tournament at uwsn.org slash golf. Thanks to Justin Watkins. The company for hosting the show for Adam and Ari. It's Cofield. Have a good Wednesday night.